Limerick are once again All Ireland hurling champions. Three out of four. They won an absolute an absolute stormer against Cork today. A halftime score, three eighteen, that would have won any All Ireland final since nineteen seventy two. We saw on Twitter and um, just an unbelievable display. Highest ever score in an All-Ireland final as well. I'm Mick McCarthy, and you're watching GEA Embedded here on Balls.ie, and we're delighted to be joined from Crow Park by Shane McGrath, our regular analyst, straight after the game. Shane, we just finished commentary uh, with Cork Lodge on RT Radio, and I don't know really what to say about that, even though we've had a long time to suggest it now because it was kind of over at half time. The question going around Twitter, was that the best half polling you've ever seen from one team? Oh, it's up there, Mick, isn't it? Like, I mean, scoring wise, as you said, uh, you know, as I was saying, someone earlier on Twitter can be terrible for some things, but it's great for the old stats, and someone always yeah. has one. And someone had up right that their halftime score would have, would have won 109 out of the 139 finals that have been played. And that's crazy. Like, I mean, here now, looking, we all day throwing numbers at you and everything. I mean, 332, 328 from play. One, two, three, trying to count up all the scores, 11, 12 different scores. Mm. Ten scores. Stuff, like, you, know, and, you know, it's just the shots. Like, I mean, in, in the first quarter, they took they took 11 shots and they scored 10 times, right? Half time, they took 27 shots and they'd score 21 of them by half time, okay? Like, where does, like, if you talk about, like, where do you improve on this, you know, I, I suppose wides, wides count 6, 10. I think 17 wides, and that is frightening. But they had 16, 17 wides, and they scored 332. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the wrestlers are going to do, Mick. Like, I mean, I was talking to Jackie Hurley there, and she was out in Tokyo. And like, are we do we have to take up skateboarding? I mean, what do we do? Like, I mean, try and I look, I'm looking like there's none of them. Like, I was looking at the team here, right? And bar maybe Graham Mulcahy, like, there's none of them really going to step away, you know. Can't see John no. Kiley stepping away, Paul Kinnork, great backroom team. In, in J.P. McManus, they have a wonderful J.A. person who's, who's willing to do what it takes for Limerick. I just think, I don't know, it's, it's worrying for the rest of us. Look, I, I think they had a lot of time in the ball, Make you've probably seen that as well, maybe watching mm. at home. You know, they were at their ease for a lot of the game. Cork didn't lay loving them for a lot of it. And, you know, even the first goal, there was a real nervousness about Cork even in the warm-up here. And it's hindsight's great, it's easy to talk. The Limerick warm-up was, you know, you're watching it, everything was sticking. You know, experience. Cork warm-up, two, three touches, just a little bit of nervousness. And even look at the first goal they got. Luke Mead went to give the kind of back flick, like we were associated with Keen Lynch, Joe Kenning. These guys didn't work out. Mm. Uh, Lynch picked it up and, and Higgard, and uh, you know, they take it on and bury it. But even Galan's goal, no one near him. And it was it was a real, real kind of challenge match feel to the last quarter here, you know. So, yeah, just an awesome team, an awesome, awesome team. Yeah, so the second half almost can be written off. But the first half, as you say, there was kind of... It's, it's interesting to see what Cork's part and that was because watching on tv you're thinking at the first minutes you're thinking cork are playing well here and it's a good game and limerick answered them but then you think back about it and you think of the scores you're mentioning and they did seem like there was an awful lot of space there and i suppose maybe it was nervousness and maybe they didn't open the day maybe you know the occasion got to a young team and that's understandable too but what was from watching it and commentating on a cork's game plan i suppose I, that, that's what's kind of hard to figure out because Go for it, absolutely, and they attacked well in the early stages. But when you leave, like that ball went down to Seamus um, Flanagan for the for the into the corner, a normal enough ball, and you're shouting at the TV, "This is a goal!" Because you can see how much space Galan is in, and yeah. that seems criminal these days. Like. So uh, for for looking at it from where we were, right, you know, and obviously a great viewpoint here in in the middle of the upper Hogan, Cork Cork did want to push up and they wanted to press on Limerick, you know, and. What that allowed in was a lot of space in front of their um, full back line. 
because you know they, they were they were they were pushing up. You know, Tim O'Mahony was pushing on Cadigan was Marcus Morrissey. He was pushing, and Mark Coleman was probably pushing a bit more. And even when he was sitting, they were they, because the the because there wasn't much pressure being put on the Limerick lads from the back. They had time to look up and they were able to pick the space either side. But as you said, the quality ball that was going into them, like I mean. They're, they're inside forward line. I mean, Peter Casey, five points scored for he went down. I mean, that's mm. enough for man of the match most yeah. days, right? Yeah. You know, Flanagan Flanagan had his point from play. But Galan's goal, like Flanagan, he looked up. He had time to look up. Galan is on his own in the D here uh, at the Devon end. And look, a great great finish now. So, like, you know, great finish from where he did, you know, bounced the ball, did everything right. Top, top finisher's goal. But the amount of time they had in the ball and... Just, and then when Cork got the ball, just this morning that they did, they're still announcing stuff here, you know, trying to get all the lyric lads away. But, you know, the, the swarming that they did. And like that was one word that I often heard Paul Canuck in the matches last year and some of the matches this year when the crowd wasn't there, Mick, you know, if you were there on duty, swarm was a word to use. And that's what they did. Every time Cork got the ball, they swarmed. And because there was that etchiness and a little bit of nervousness about Cork, when Limerick did swarm, Cork made mistakes to turn them over. And uh, from... From turnovers, I believe that Limerick scored two thirteen. Wow! Turnovers alone. Yes. You know, I know they're drawing numbers and their stats and everything, but they have to be backed up by ferocious work rate. And I think first and foremost, their work rate is what they they do. And like Garrod Hegarty turned over after he got his second goal. You know, he did a little celebration. He did more of a celebration after turning over one of the Corklands and winning the sideline for Limerick just afterwards. That's what they're about. That's they're about a team. You know and. Awesome, awesome display. You know, probably the last time maybe we were seen in modern day would probably be 08 Kilkenny, you know, uh, what they did. But they they, they surpassed that today, scoring 332. Like, yeah, and uh, in here in the comments, and Shane just admitted, awesome oh, team. As as it gets. I don't think you're not admitting it. No, I'm not admitting it. And I said it all week. I said it to you as well. I just feel you called us, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're a Crow Park team, and they look so comfortable playing in Crow Park, regardless of, of who the opposition is. and like Tom Morrissey epitomizes that for me. You know, he he had an okay much championship by his high standards. Five points last day, three points from play today, three twenty from play from their forwards. Mm. Oh, Mickey, I mean, where are you going? Like, where are you going trying to compete with that? Like, you know, and they just and it's because work rate, yeah, but the experience they have, they love playing up here. They love it. And Tommy Dunn often used to say that this is the big arena, and Limerick love playing mm. in the big arena. Uh, Joe Dooley had a great tweet, uh, the great Joe Dooley from Offaly, uh, who said that, uh, you know, I'd love to be playing in the uh, Limerick forward line today, the amount of great ball they're getting. I think that's one of the things you're, you can be frustrated sometimes in, when you look at the replays and look, they've only got a second or two to show. We actually missed a Peter Casey point, I think, in the first half when they were showing a replay. Yeah. Like, that's how quick the game is now, but you're just seeing the finish. But there's so much that's going into it. And there was um, one time we did get to see it again, actually, because Aaron Galam was fouled when Peter Casey got injured. There was a piece of play where Dan Morrissey caught a ball. He, he uh, brilliantly did, like, um, one ball, played it out. There was brilliant interplay to get the ball out. Then Lynch lays this amazing ball into Galan. And you're just thinking, like, everything they do, they do make a forward's life very easy by, by, the, by the standard of play and accuracy. To get the yeah. ball into the forward line, no? Yeah, but watch him make, you know, it'll it'll always be the guy in the best position, the guy that's always facing forward, you know, that kind of pocket ball as, as it's referred to maybe in other sports. That you know, it if if it is Declan Hannon that's bombing forward, he he will turn around to a guy in a better position, usually Jeremy Burns or, or, or maybe Barry Nash, who are just top strikers of the ball. And they are they are landing it every time in that zone between the 45 and the 21. And it's one bounce into the hand. And it, as Joe Dooley, like, I mean, no matter who you are, like, you know what, Jesus, anyone at all, like, if you're getting that quality ball and, you, and you're getting a yard or two on your man, nine times out of ten, you're going to score it. But 
the, the movement up front is unbelievable as well. Like Milan here today, he stands behind him, he points left or right. You know, he goes one way, goes the other way. Flanagan the same. Casey plays a little bit outside. You know, and their movement is unreal. But then the ability of the guys in the best position, whether it's taking a shot or delivering the ball in, that's who's delivering the ball. And mm. Dermot Burns and and Barry Nash in particular, their delivery of ball into that zone. Watch it every time. One bounce into the hand on a carpet here, like the, the way the Crow Park is there. Mm. It's, it's just a dream for an inside forward line. And you know what? I felt sorry. I did feel sorry for Sean O'Donoghue today because I know you have your role in All-Stars and I, I think he was there, thereabouts, maybe will still be. But what yeah. could he do? What could he do when the quality ball is coming in at 40, 40, 50 yards in front of him? Jesus, you know, as I said before, a lad, a lad on a Honda 50 wouldn't be able to get around after the Limerick had today with the ball that was going in, you know? I was looking, speaking of All-Stars, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it was the game that reminded me most of. I remember after the 08 final, I was just adamant that Kilkenny should have 15 All-Stars because the entire season was so about them. that no. And by the time the All-Stars come around, you kind of change your mind. But I was having those thoughts again today, and you look at the performance of someone like Sean Finn, who might not have had his best season, nailed down an All-Star today. Do you know what I mean? But then players like O'Donoghue, Hegarty, Hannon, Casey, as you mentioned, Galan, the two Morrisons, all brilliant. But, like, I've never seen such an obvious pick for man of the match as Lynch, you know. And when you think of how good the display was all round by by Limerick, and I also think like Keenan scored six points, and that's like third on the list for me and what he was doing today. It was like every time he lost the ball, the harrying and winning it back and so on. And then also the just his the calmness that he has. He set up both Hegarty goals in two very different ways. He was fouled at least three times, I would say, on the wing when he got it to them for the second time, the third time, just that little wait before he gave that pass, so on and so forth. But like just one of those displays that you're just going to remember, I think, for a long time. Yeah. Um, you picked someone else, did you? I actually did, you know. And, <laughs> you look at your face. <laughs> and you won't believe it. He didn't score. And William O'Donoghue. Ah, well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, yeah. I he did is, mention him in the list. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. He is central to everything good. And I've spoken about him before as the right Keane of the team. And Keane would often not get the goals or the scores, but always did the simple things right. And I think if he would the Limerick dressing room, and obviously they're not going to single out anyone, but one of their top leaders on the field of players, Will know. Like if he had the confidence in himself maybe to take on a shot, maybe he doesn't want to do it. Maybe he wants to do it for the team what he's doing. He could score four or five points in positions he gets in, inside 65-45 zone. But he's happy to do what he does. He works back. Maybe with seven, eight minutes to go, he was he tracked, he tracked, he tracked, and he was absolutely wrecked. His hands were on his head. 30 seconds later, he was at the other side of the field in Crow Park, getting a, getting a hook in, getting a block in, getting a flick in. And I, I just feel he's everything good about Limerick. Now, Keane Lynch is unbelievable. He's a magician, right? Six points from play. We're talking to my brother about him, and, and um, my brother would be, I, I, I respect his opinion. He was involved with Tip in the senior background. He was back involved with the Tip minors this year. And he said, down the Munster final, Keane Lynch is looking, you know, in the heat of it now, when things weren't going well for Limerick, one guy wanted all the puck outs. And you know, like the good under 12 or the good under 14 or under 15 nowadays was, you know, you say, put it down top of him, he'll win it. But this mm. is inter-county senior level. And Keane Lynch is that guy. That when things yeah. aren't going well, put it down top of Keane, I bet you he'll win it or he'll do something with it. And he did it again. He did, he, he did it today. You know, um, he was winning dirty ball. The ability, the ability he has to flick a ball into his hand in a ruck is absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's nearly sick, like, you know, to be watching him and watching the way he can flick it up. And he's just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, see him here after the game. It's actually lovely after the game, Mick, to be here and see a lot of Limerick guys with their kids. And yeah. I see Paul Knork and um, I see Barry Hennessy, I see Nicky Quaid, 
And it's, it's lovely to see that, you know, hurling is so important with that, that life. And that's what you're doing it for your family and your friends. And I suppose one of the perks of maybe not every if the place being full was they got a lot of time with their family and friends after the game. Mm. Lovely to see Keen Lynch with his mam running down. And uh, they're just, you know, they are phenomenal. You know, as I said, they're, they're the Tom Morrissey and Gerard Hegarty scored 12 points from play in last year's All-Ireland Final. And this year they scored 2-5 from play. So they're one point off it. Keen Lynch chipped mm. in, in with six points. So 2-11 from play from your half-forward line. It's phenomenal stuff, phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. But look, I, I suppose there's there's no adjectives left to describe them. Only as their serious team, they don't look to be going anywhere. Their management team don't look to be going anywhere, and the rest of us are seriously playing catch up. Yeah, well, that's I suppose that unfortunately, like, you don't want to not celebrate a brilliant performance because I thought it was, even though it wasn't a contest, it was one to enjoy. It did again reminded me of that Kilkenny 08 game. You said like this is a performance we can enjoy for its own thing. But the next question has to be then, just ten minutes into the conversation where's the challenge going to come from? Because it feels like the age profile you mentioned already is very, very young and still on this Limerick team. You have to keep the motivation up. Everything looks good there. So I, I look at the thing. It's like, a, I think at the moment, Limerick have the best hurlers. They're bigger than everybody else. I would say they're fast and conditioning is probably their speed and conditioning kind of mixed together is as good, if not better than everybody else. And they seem to have the best game plan and the best coaching. All of that stuff isn't catchable in one year. You know what I mean? You can have, you can bring through a few good hurlers, but you can't grow them. You can, you know, bring on a great coach, but he's only going to be able to bring on so much. It seems to me that it's Limerick's, it's only Limerick can beat Limerick over the next two or three years from what we've seen throughout this championship. Now, we've convinced ourselves before games that maybe, so this is how you might be able to challenge them. This is how you might be. But the evidence of our eyes they seem unbeatable, like other than maybe that half against Tip in the Munster final. Yeah, and you know, I was looking at it there the doing a bit before the week as I say to you, like you know, they have this the quarter pounder, I think they call it. You know, the way they not the burger now, you know, not with the with the cheese, extra cheese and all that. But I'm talking about a quarter pounder where they dominate a quarter of every game, right? Yeah. And it, we said it about they dominated the quarter against Cork. They got two sixty-four points second quarter down to fourteen men. No Peter Casey. Mm. They dominated the quarter against Tip, won 11 to a point. Dominated uh, second quarter against Waterford, 11-4. And today, their domination quarter was probably second quarter, won yeah. 10 to 5 points. But uh, to go back and what you're saying is, uh, like, who, who can beat them? Like, for me at the moment, the Waterford are the number two team in the country, for in my opinion, to try and beat them. And why do I say that? You know, in the All-Ireland All semi-final, they, they put up a good show. But I suppose, as I said, Limerick dominated that second quarter, 11-4, and that was it. It was, it, was, it was game over, really. But, I mean, if you could get, you know, not saying that Billy Nolan did a, wasn't, had, a, had a really um, for, in goals for Waterford and, uh, you know, their, and uh, their other goalie as well. I can't think of his name now. But um, I just feel that if you got Stephen O'Keefe back, if you got Ty Borka back, you know, I think the big thing for Waterford is, Nick, does Liam Cahill stay as their manager? And yeah. does Mikey Beaven stay as their coach? I, I feel at the moment they are the number two team to, 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 to try and challenge Limerick. And, and you know, whether there's big changes in Galway, whether they keep their management team or, or, or some of their older statesmen, and we know Joe's gone, whether others will go, it's hard to know. What, what, whatever's going to happen in tip, who's going to come and take over? But, like, if right now, if everything stayed as is, Watford, for me, are the, are, are the team to try and challenge them and try and beat them. Getting Ty DeBorka back and maybe getting Stephen O'Keefe back onto the panel as well. And, you know, another year's experience with, with Liam Cahill and Beavens. But as I said, that's central to the current management for Watford staying on. If they don't, it's, you know, who knows what happens? Who knows what happens? But, yeah, what do you do? I suppose everyone's almost splitting Dublin in two. Like, do you split Limerick in two? I don't know. <laughs> What's East and West Limerick, you know, they, they play a lot of football back at West Limerick. But, uh, like, what do you... 
what they do really they're as i said they're 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 a brilliant brilliant team they're very close off the field as well mick which a lot of people mm. mightn't realize they're very very good friends and uh you know there was a little bit of off the field stuff that happened a couple of years ago john kiley managed it brilliantly and it was all dealt with all dealt with very very quickly not much fuss about it not too much in the media about it yeah we got a couple of whatsapp videos going around about this that this that and the other going on kiley dealt with it brilliantly you know kept mm. the had a good word with a few of the lads involved maybe got rid of a couple of lads that he felt you know weren't going to buy into the culture and uh and, and what he has now he has a great group and you know you only hear good things about him really you know yeah. you don't hear too many bad stories about these limerick lads um you know so i think that's a testament to kylie and the culture he's created with them like yeah it's funny i was i was uh i was only reading about the not not the more recent thing but the maybe the like the strike and the donald o'grady leaving and everything like that a few years after um a couple of days ago and you think how recent in a way that is you know and you think like nicky quaid came into the limerick team on the back of uh the players refusing to play for Justin McCarthy that time, you know, that's how recent it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know he's the goalkeeper, but when you think of like the culture that they've created now and that winning culture, and you know, I was saying on Twitter during the week that like this, I think we've underplayed the stroke of genius that was moving Kyle Hayes to wing back. And people said, why are you taking out such a good center forward? And, you know, and how much it opened up in that team, like how many doors it opened and it was the final piece of the puzzle. But people were saying, Asher, that wasn't John Kiley, that was Knurk, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder, do we give Kiley in general even enough credit for how good a manager is? Because even if Knurk's doing all the coaching and the game plan and stuff like that, the culture within this group reflects their manager. And this is, as, as you say, such a together group, such a problem-free group, and obviously such a high-achieving group. Yeah, yeah, but that like that's who John Kiley is. Like, he's a people's person. He's a man manager. He's in in his everyday job in being principal of the Abbey down in Tip Town. People just say that about him as well. Like, they, they love going into the school there. Or they love the culture in the school because of John Kiley. And he'd have lads, he'd have um, pupils there from Limerick and Tip. You know what I mean? And they they, they all they're all come together. There's a fantastic culture in the school. You know, I know guys, I know people that teach there. And he's fantastic. He's a great guy to work with. And that carries through into way he, the way he manages these Limerick lads. But at the end of the day, Mick, I suppose, we, we've all been in work or in life. And if the group you're involved with don't respect you, first and foremost, you could say what you want to them, but they won't do it. And the respect that this group have for John Kiley is phenomenal. Like if, if, if John Kiley said, you know what, lads, we'll do a light training session in the morning, seven o'clock. I'd say they'd all be there at quarter seven. No bother at all. Mm. No questions asked. And... You, you know, that's I think that's just the way he is. And I think, as I said, the way he dealt with the, the, those things, which, you know, could break another panel, dealt with them very, very well. And there wasn't much about it. The way the way these players conduct themselves off the field, I think, is a reflection of the respect they have for John Kiley as well, because they don't want to let themselves down. They want to let their families down. But you know what? They don't want to let John Kiley down. And maybe that's the teacher thing in him as well, you know, that he's able to manage people so well. And, you know, he treats them all with the respect that they deserve. And they have nothing but respect for John Kiley. And that's very evident from the way, even the way that each and every one of them kind of just embraced him here after the game. You know, you see some teams and, you know, there might be much love between the manager and the player. It might be just a little fist pump or a handshake. Every one of them straight up to John Kiley, big hug, thanking him mm -hmm. and him thanking them. And that's what it's all about. But I think it's a sign of a great manager, isn't it, that most of the talk maybe is about Paul Canurk. And rightly so, the way he sets him up tactically. But at the end of the day, if a hard call has to be made to a player or something, it's John Kiley is going to make it. And he's, he's, he is brilliant at doing it. Like. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Comment on uh, William O'Donoghue there earlier, saying that William O'Donoghue the ultimate warrior, which might be a good way of uh, of, um, of putting it. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Declan Hannan, who's someone that we probably haven't mentioned um, too much. You know, obviously, in, in, in he played very well today, I thought. But 
in terms of on-field leadership as well, then there's a lot of it all over the field. I don't know who and Lynch probably, you know, um, exemplifying it as well. But I was even thinking just when he was doing the the, the speech afterwards and the first captain since Christy Ring to lift the Liam McCarthy three times and stuff like that. There's a there's a reason. I remember being at the All Ireland semi final in 2013 when he's the star young guy coming through for Limerick as a centre forward. And he had a terrible day on freeze that day. And people don't really remember that game. They think Clare won it handily. But Limerick actually had their chances. And it was just, you're kind of just, I always just remember that day of it, like the occasion possibly got to him or maybe he just had an off day. I don't know. But when you think of how he's reinvented himself, people forget that Declan Hannon was a superstar forward in the team that didn't have too many of them. And now he is leader, extraordinaire, centre-back, holding the centre and pops up with two or three points as well whenever he feels like it. Yeah, and you think about it, Mikla. You think about the, who the who the, the the leaders that the caliber of leader that they have in the group. Like you don't you don't constantly get the vote of the management or the players to be to be captain year in year out unless you are a leader and unless yeah. you're doing it maybe in in your actions and the way he speaks. Like like today, I thought he was phenomenal today. I thought it was his best game of the year. Um, mm. Mount the ball, he got on the way he controlled it. You know, I suppose you know the way the guys around him work. That's fair enough. And and. He's allowed maybe read that game over and back. But at the end of the day, if you're not able to read the game or be where the ball is, I mean, speed of brain and speed of thought is often better than actual speed in the feet. Like, and, like he he has that. Like he's, he's thinking two, three steps ahead. The quality ball he gives in, he's popped up with two points from play. Similar to what he did in 18 as well, driving up the field. And I thought he played with a real confidence today. I thought he was I thought he was a superb leader for him. But I suppose he's had, you know, we, we've talked about guys stepping away from the game who've had pressure from a young age, like Canning and Brendan Maher. Like, Hannon has had that too, like, since he's 16, yeah. 17. I think, I think a day I played a Munster Club semi-final or Munster Club mm. final. I think he was maybe 16, 17. He was, got... he was 15, apparently. It was a week before his 16th birthday. They mentioned it on the on, on the TV today. Did he score 113 out of 114 or something? Oh, maybe that was a different... I'm not yeah. sure, but that was yeah, something... Yeah, I know. I was, was talking about it last night with a guy with yeah. guys from home, and I think it might have been a Munster Club semi-final, and he got 114, and he yeah. scored 113. Eight or nine frees, but he scored one four from play at, at a very young age. So no, he's he's had that he's had that you know, and up the field as a forward. But like as you said already, look at look at all the quality hurlers that they've had that they've transformed. Like Kyle Hayes, Kyle Hayes scored three points from play in the man of the match performance here in twenty eighteen. Now he's back wing back. Declan Hannon is you know doing what he's doing in the forward. Like a lot of people might realize Barry Nash played most mm. of his life in the forwards, like you know <laughs> under in minor and under twenty one level and was. I think got men of the match in the 21 final one year as a play, playing up in the forwards for, for Limerick. Like, you know, so these guys are just comfortable playing wherever. Why is that? Because they trust the system, they trust the way they play and they trust the players around them that when they get the ball, they'll do the right thing with the ball. And I suppose the funny thing is, you know, I talk about it as well, like they're playing at such a high level now. It'll be interesting to see in the next few weeks, you know, at the club level, you're playing with guys that just haven't the same hurling brains as the guys like here, like, like a Keen Lynch who sees things three or four moves ahead. That mm. you know, you'd be with the club lad, and you might give an old flick, uh, hand pass back to him, and he's looking around going, Where did that come from? I wasn't expecting that, but that's as well, that's that's another level with the club. But uh, I yeah. think for, for, for today, and you know, and, and Hannon in particular, the way he speaks, the way he conducts himself, the way he carries himself, I've never heard of, I've never heard a bad story about Declan Hannon, never will. And um, another great speech out of him today, you know, he's as you said, emulated Christy Ring. I mean, what a thing to say mm. that you and Christy Ring are the two guys, you know, Cluxon has done it in football. And Declan Hannon, I suppose, is the modern-day equivalent in, in, in Hurling terms, really, isn't he? 
yeah absolutely um before we go then just a couple of things more more kind of general points but on cork today i, I think it's unfair it would be unfair to kind of dismiss them they've actually had an unbelievable year when you think the 220 titles the unbelievable minor team that we saw last night um that i, I worked out and i know they'd be clear by 40 points which which sways it somewhat but they won their four games by an average of 25 points you know which is absolutely insane like you know uh no less than 10 points in any game um and obviously that's under 17 level we've a long time to wait for those guys to come through but there's what the senior team showed as well a lot of positives and but it's so hard to pick yourself up from a result like that because it's not just making it to the all-ireland final giving a good account of yourself but look we're not quite at limericks level yet it was a hammering you know and i suppose there'll be a fear from people driving home tonight that maybe that will set them back and all the good will and excitement of the last couple of weeks will be very is it lost you know yeah i look and even talking to lads here today i think a massive plus for them of the COVID thing is there, there's there's no homecoming you know there really won't be like there's mm. there's no banquet tonight because I've, I've i've been at banquets after losing finals and they're the most horrible place to be because you have to you have to sit down and you know you have to go through the formalities you know have the dinner and listen to a few speeches and you just want to be anywhere else like you know in, in the world you just want to go to your own place and you know, it'll be it'll be a hard one from today. They're relatively young. You know, I suppose Hoggy's the oldest. I think he's thirty three. Um, I think I, I'm I'm fairly sure he surpassed Tony Kelly today. Um, uh, Mick in becoming the top scorer in the championship this year, which is would be the first time I think he's done it. I think he finished second in the top score uh, on three three different occasions. Wow. Um, but he's top scorer. Look, it's 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 of little relevance to him personally, but I think he'll you know he'll. You know, he's 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 we wanted the greats, but I suppose everyone, a lot of hurling people, most hurling people, bar Limerick people, wanted him to get that Celtic cross to go with the greatness that he's done for Cork. And I I, I do feel he will he'll 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 stay on. The management will probably will more than likely stay on the under twenties. The interesting thing about the under twenties mm. the other night, I think I think there's eleven or twelve of them still underage next year, and um, so that's that's frightening for the for the rest of us. So look, the rebel treble didn't happen. You know, as regards the minor under twenties and the senior, but look, they're 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 going the right way. Like, is it guaranteed to be back next year? It's not like, and I suppose that's the killing thing for the likes of maybe Shamie Harnady and Horgan who were involved this year and twenty thirteen. That you think this might happen year in year out, but when you're here, you just have to take your chance. And who knows next year? You know, with with, with everything that's going to change, with the new managers that are going to come in around the country, and then, mm. and you know the new system that they're going to say, look, you know, and the round robin. Hopefully, we get the round robin back. I think it's 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 really good. We get exciting games. So, yeah, it's, it's just as the as as the man says, it's like the deaf dog. Yeah, it's a hard one to call. What's going to happen next year? But it's it's just it's it's looking ominous, isn't it? Really, for the rest of us, with with the way Limerick are going, like. Yeah, and look, it was a it was a quick championship overall. Like it always felt to me anyway, like that we were all kind of having a, a separate championship almost to see who could compete with Limerick or who can finish second to them in a way. You know, we you don't think it in the individual games, but in an overall sense. But like it was an interesting year. I think I think there was some worry a little bit maybe towards the end of last year and and maybe even through the league, you know, that Hurlem was gone a little bit off or a little bit kind of robotic or something. But I, I feel like we had a good championship, even when one team is so far ahead of everybody else. We talked about it every Monday here for the last two months. It was all played very quick fire. Maybe we didn't get to relish it in the way that we would normally with a bit of time between games or a bit of um, space. But we had some cracking matches. Yeah. And oh, we did, Mick, yeah. Absolutely, I agree with you. Like you, it's like I suppose people get lost in 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 the final and they judge the year on the final, and you can't do that because if if we go back through them, I mean, 
you know, Cork and Clare in the Gaelic grounds at night. Absolutely brilliant game. Yeah. You know, where Tony Kelly had the chance. The Leinster, uh, the Leinster game uh, between Wexford and Kilkenny, mm. where you know Hawkeye comes into it, and and we and because of it, Kilkenny are, are, are still in the championship. You know, um, even even the last day with Cork and Kilkenny and Mullins goal, like we've had some crackers of games. I I, yeah. I was above at Antrim and Leash, like in Parnell Park. You know, that mm. was. Unbelievable game, unbelievable game of hurling. So we've had some fantastic games, and I hope people don't judge the whole year based on the All Ireland final. You know, did did the best team in the country win win the All Ireland final? They did. Did they save their best performance for last? They probably did as well. Um, you know, regardless of who they're playing, you can only you can only beat what's put up against you. Limerick were phenomenal, three twenty eight from play, as we said. Um, the way they use the ball, the, the the comfort that they that they have, it's like a second home from here, Crow Park at the moment. And, you know, I think we've had a very good hurling championship, as you said, Mick, rightly so. I hope the round robin is back next year. Uh, I hope we have full houses next year. And we look forward to all those things. But, you know, there was there was a real feel of normality here today or, or getting back towards normality here today with the parade, the band, President Higgins being here and even Jones's role beforehand. I mean, look, Mick, I, I parked a car outside the door nearly of Crow Park last year, outside Crow yeah. Park Hotel. Uh, this year was different. There was thousands of people on Jones's road and... I think that's that's one of the positives as a society. We're getting back to normality. Um, Hurling is not in a bad place. Don't we don't need to change it too much. Obviously, we'll talk about a lot of things about hand passes and about cynical fouling over the winter and with the club championships to look forward to. But look, mm-hmm. we're in a good place. Limerick are a phenomenal team. We'll all try and beat them again next year. And uh, please God, you know everything will go back to normal as well. Absolutely, yeah. And look, we can't wait for it all to start again. And like it is starting again in a way next week, week after. When we start getting into the club championships, we start seeing some games um, on TV and stuff. But uh, Shane, congratulations to Limerick. Obviously, three and four years, they're some team to beat. They were they dominated this year. Thanks a million to you, Shane, as well, because we've had a great summer uh, chatting about the games here, ma- mainly on a Monday. We decided to get it done while you were still in Crow Park today, get some immediate reaction out. But uh, thanks a million for being a brilliant, uh, brilliant guest with us all year. Oh, thanks a million, Mick. Really enjoyed it there with yourself, Shane, and all the guys involved that I and sure look, hopefully we'll be talking to each other soon again about uh, about all things hurling related. Exactly. Yeah, we still have lots to talk about. Thanks again, Shane. Uh, thanks a million as well for everybody for watching and listening all the way through the year. Now we're not finished yet or anything like it because we've still got uh, an All Ireland football semi final and final to play. Uh, it's been pushed back enough this stage, but uh, well, we'll have Darren O'Sullivan um, uh, plenty more before the end of the year. And as well, sure, we might we might stick in with a, a little bit of club stuff with Shane as well and uh, some lots more to talk to as well on GA Embedded. But thank you for watching and I hope you enjoyed the Hurling Championship and the Hurling Championship coverage here. Um, don't forget if you are watching on YouTube and you enjoy what you're seeing please do subscribe to the channel if you're listening on the podcast please also subscribe leave us a rating and maybe a comment too it really helps um, with everything that we do but we will back with you very very shortly for some football talk but uh, that's the end of the hurling season congratulations to Limerick